welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Eric Buckles, who is a composer, but he's also an orchestrator, which is mostly what we're going to talk about. We talk about what an orchestrator is, what an orchestrator does, and how an orchestrator fits into the pipeline of a composer who writes music for a game and then needs to get it recorded so that it can be put in the game. So we talk about all of those things. Eric Buckles. I am a orchestrator and composer for video game music. So I love that we're going to talk about orchestration today. Mm. Can you describe what that means? First of all, what orchestrator means? Yeah, so orchestration is a specific step in the music production process for orchestral music uh, that's between the composer actually writing the music and the orchestra performing the music at the recording session. So the orchestrator is in charge of making all the sheet music, writing all the individual parts for the orchestra, and making sure all of the composer's intentions really make their way to the recording translated as intended by the composer. Mm -hmm. When you're doing that kind of in-between step between the composer writing the music and the orchestra performing the music in the recording session, what kinds of information do you get from the composer as to what the flute is supposed to play in this particular music cue. Are you getting right. recordings along with written notes? I mean, how specific are, is, the, is the composer being with you and what materials are you getting? So it always depends on the composer, right? Each composer will have their own workflow, their way of writing music, and just sort of the way that they think about orchestration in general. From every composer, I always ask for a few things. A MIDI file that contains all of their programmed MIDI data for their virtual instruments. And then I like to receive individual stems of each of those instruments so that I can isolate them and hear kind of what they're supposed to be bringing to the table. So when a composer, you know, for instance, you've worked most recently with Gareth Coker. So with mm -hmm. Gareth, he'll write the track. He uses MIDI instruments to or samples or whatever he uses yeah. to to get that as bestly orchestrated as he wants it to the sound he wants it. And then you ask for that full track. Then you ask for all the separate tracks that he put in when he did play his little flute part into his keyboard. Right. To, yeah. And then that helps you really understand what instruments are so, supposed to play what, right? Yeah, like different composers will have different levels of detail in their mock-ups already. So uh, Gareth, for example, he he doesn't leave a lot to be determined by me. Like all of the main ideas are there for me. I just need to figure out how to voice the chords or how to work in specific counter melodies and just sort of make things sound the way that he wants them to, but also in a way that translates to the language that the musicians can read and interpret properly. 
So then are you actually, you're creating the sheet music as well, right? For the players who are reading it to play. Right. That's, that's the main job is making all of the sheet music. Right. So talk to me about how, I mean, there's, <laughs> there are a lot of rules about how to notate music, right? So that a player can understand that information and read it quickly. So, uh, I mean, talk to me a little bit about kind of the minutiae of that. So at recording sessions, all of the musicians that are there are seeing the music for the very first time. They're sight reading. And so that's a huge consideration when orchestrating is that you're putting this music in front of performers that are highly skilled, but they've never actually heard or seen the music before until they get there that day. And so there are a lot of different notation conventions, sort of session etiquette things that makes their job easier if the orchestrator keeps that in mind. Uh, Things like removing key signatures and just writing accidentals on every note, um, that sort of thing. That, that would be a bad idea or a good idea? No, that's a good idea. Since they're reading so quickly, uh, like they're sight reading, so they're reading it so quickly that they don't really want to use so much of their brain power on remembering all the different keys, keys that they're playing in, which might not even be relevant depending on the music. Like If you have highly, highly chromatic music that has a key signature, it just makes it really hard to keep track of which notes should be sharp or flat or natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if you just write each accidental whenever it needs to come up, it just makes it a lot easier for them to read it. Wow. Is that always the case? I've never, I mean, because I've never been a session musician. I've always ever mm. been just a, you know, a concert type or a jazz type where there are key signatures. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I mean, unless it, it I'm playing atonal convention. music, I guess, but... If at a session there is like a really tonal piece of music, you, you can put a key signature and it won't be, you know, it won't trip anybody up. <laughs> since most video game music is pretty uh, chromatic and has a lot of accidentals, it's just easier to write those in. Gotcha. That's so cool. I never thought of that. Uh, so tell me about learning about the instruments and their ranges, because that's something you have to take into consideration as well. A trumpet can only play so low, or a flute can only play so high. So talk to me about those kinds of uh, uh, details. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, every, every instrument will have a range that they're physically capable of playing in, and then a range that they sound the best in or sound the worst in. Uh, you know, If you start writing like really, really high up in the ranges of like the brass, they're going to have a lot harder time than if you uh, write those same ranges in a different instrument, which obviously is why we have different instruments. <laughs> yeah, it's important to, to just not write out outside of their range because if, if the music gets to the session and uh, the trombones can actually play that really, really low uh, note that you have three ledger lines under the staff, um, they're going to have to stop the session, ask questions, find out a solution, make sure everyone has their pencils, write it down. It just wastes a lot of time at the session. So if you can remove anything that's going to cause problems or questions to come up at the session, that'll make your recording session a lot smoother. Sure. Eric, what's your main instrument? I'm a percussionist. I don't perform so much as, as I'd like to anymore. Uh, I mostly played during during school, college, a little bit af- afterward. Um, I'd really like to get back into performing more, but now I just mostly play piano uh, at home just because it's 
uh, it's quiet. I, I won't upset my neighbors with all my loud instruments and drums and uh, all that stuff. But Did you start on piano or were you always a percussionist and you learned keyed percussion later? I started on piano uh, when I was really young. Okay. Uh, my mom, according to my mom, I was begging her for piano lessons when I was four years old. Uh, <laughs> but I lived in a small town and there weren't any teachers that were uh, willing to take in a four-year-old. So uh, a few, few years later, I ended up finding a teacher and studied for a couple of years. But when, I, when, when it came time to join band in sixth grade, I, I started on trumpet. And I really wasn't a fan of playing the same instrument every day. And so that's why I switched to percussion, because there's such a wide variety of instruments. I wouldn't be stuck playing the same instrument every day, you know, practicing one instrument. Uh, it was a lot more fun when I switched to percussion. Brilliant. Yeah, no kidding. Tell me about some of the other jobs that you've had in the video game music industry, because uh, you've done some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, so my main job that I had for about seven years was I was an assistant for composer Chad Sider and his wife, who's an orchestrator, uh, Susie Sider. And that's pretty much where I learned everything that I know now about uh, composing, orchestrating, preparing music for recording sessions and all that stuff. That's amazing. And what was your role then with Symphony of the Goddesses and uh, the Pokemon stuff? So the the Symphony of the Goddesses and the the Legend of Zelda 25th anniversary concert, uh, that was actually the first professional project that I worked on uh, way back when. I was actually uh, still in high school when I was asked to be an assistant for the 25th anniversary concert, which uh, was announced at the E3 press conference uh, in Los Angeles, where they had the orchestra rise up out of the pit on a hydraulic lift. And that's when they performed Zelda music at the start of the presentation. They announced the 25th anniversary concert tour. Uh, and then they also announced that there would be a recording, a recorded CD of the music that would be shipped with Skyward Sword. And it was at that recording session for the, the CD that came with Skyward Sword, that was my very first recording session uh, ever. And which, as a as a big Zelda fan growing up, that was a that was a dream come true is to to get to work work at that. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you're you're kind of young ish. I mean, you're not super <laughs> duper young anymore. But I mean, to be a Zelda fan, how did that play out for you as a kid? Uh, it was it was great. Uh, when I was in high school, what got me started in doing uh, video game music arrangements and orchestration was an online group of musicians called Zelda Reorchestrated. And it was a just a group of, there were maybe five or six of us at any given point, and we would release Zelda music covers once a week on, on Fridays usually. And uh, eventually we, we wanted to start working on albums. And so we, we put all of our effort into uh, creating this album of Twilight Princess music called Twilight Symphony, which we unfortunately weren't able to license and release, but uh, I'm sure it's somewhere out there on the internet if anyone wants to go listen to some Twilight Princess music. But that was that was my first like orchestration job was orchestrating the choir for that album. Wow. Uh, had you ever set your sights on doing orchestration and composition, or did you kind of, I guess, fall into it and realize you really enjoyed it? I definitely stumbled into my career. <laughs> it was... Um, like when I started doing the the arrangements for Zelda music, it was 
I just thought like sample libraries and virtual instruments, I just thought those were cool things to play around with. And uh, like just to be able to make orchestral sounding music on my own computer you know, without an orchestra, like it was really cool back then. But then I found out it's even cooler to use actual orchestra. And so I started making the sheet music and orchestration. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very glad that I get to work with real orchestras on a regular basis now. Sure, no kidding. So when you're composing, because we've talked on an awful lot about the other things that you've done, I mean, clearly you compose as well. So what kinds of music do you like to compose? I mean, you said video game music. Yeah, so orchestra is sort of my bread and butter. It's my, my favorite palette to work with, and uh, mostly because it's my specialization with the orchestration, but there's also so much you can do with an orchestra. Uh, but I also really like to use guitars and a lot of percussion in my music. Um, guitars are a very, uh, it's, it's a great way to add a lot of depth and different texture and tone to really bring out sort of a unique sound with orchestration. Mm-hmm. Do you play guitar then? I am actually the one of the world's worst guitarists. <laughs> uh, I just cannot wrap my brain around the different strings and the tunings. And I can't either. The, uh, yeah, it's I'm I'm a drummer, so I'm just going to stick to drums. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, have you always loved orchestral music? I don't. I don't think I can really say yes. But there, like, there was a point in high school where I started listening to more orchestral video game music. I listened to a lot of film music and uh, a lot of classical music and. But before that, before I came to that realization, you know, it was just a lot of whatever was on the radio, a lot of rock, a lot of pop. Uh, I listened to a lot of 80s classic rock, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, I mean, now I listen to a lot of trance music, electronic, um, very different from orchestral music. But uh, I, I find that listening to something like something that I don't work with on a regular basis, to have something like that to listen in my own free time, uh, it helps broaden sort of my horizons a little bit and experience new music that I probably wouldn't listen to normally. Yeah, a little bit of a palate cleanser too. Yeah. Uh-huh. It helped me like get back into passive listening, which I wasn't really able to do for a long time because I would just I wanted to learn so much about music that I would just constantly analyze anything that I listened to. And so listening to trance, I think yeah. I don't know what it is about that music in particular, but it helped me like just sort of turn off the analytical side of my music brain and just enjoy enjoy the music for what it is. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me a little bit more about orchestration and some of the things that you really enjoy about it, and I'll want to know more about challenges too. But let's start out with what you really like about it. The one thing I like the most about it is that there's just this never-ending amount of knowledge and techniques and textures and everything like that 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 you can discover and explore and there's just no end to the amount of things that you can learn and you're i would imagine interpreting articulation and and things like that as well right length of notes volume of notes just based off of the mock-ups that you're getting from the composer yeah that's right Mm -hmm. uh all the all the articulations any any sort of like little decoration detail things portamentos uh anything that might sound cool as like an experiment you can you can just throw it in there see what happens if something isn't quite as desired in the score they can 
they can change it at the recording session just by telling the players to do something differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are some of the biggest challenges, maybe for you personally or just on a whole when you're orchestrating something? Well, one challenge could be that sometimes composers don't write within the limitations of the orchestra. And so it's my job to sort of scale it back or bring it back into into reality a little bit just so that it can be performed live and and sound sound like it was intended to. Mm-hmm. With virtual instruments, composers have unlimited freedom to write anything that they want, regardless of whether it can actually be performed live or not. And bridging that gap and finding that middle ground is is quite challenging a lot of times. Sure. So Eric, you've worked with composers on multiple different projects. So what's it like to work with one person on multiple projects where you're seeing all these different sides of composition? It's pretty cool. Um, Working with Chad Sider for seven years was uh, a lot of fun. We we both really enjoyed working with each other. Um, Having that much time spent together and working on all these different styles of music was pretty cool. Like we we did the project called Recore, which was a Microsoft video game uh, back in 2017, no, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And for that one, we we went all out. We had orchestra, we had uh, synth percussion, we had live percussion, we had guitars, uh, program synths, and like all these really cool things that I've never really gotten to 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 do a lot of. And then the very next year, we worked on a much different style of music. Uh, for Archangel, the House of the Seven Stars, uh, which was an indie game that we recorded string orchestra and guitars for, and mm-hmm. a lot of, we did a lot of really cool vocal vocal effecty things with Laura and Travia. Uh, she also contributed some additional music for that, and um, it was really cool just to have like these contrasting styles of music for every different project that we did. Are you what are you playing right now? Are you gaming? Yeah, so uh, right now I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, the, nice. the New Horizons, <laughs> as most people. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's a it's a great way to sort of tune out the world and uh, just get absorbed with building my island. That's amazing. Do you do just one game at a time? Are you that kind of gamer? Not really. I, I also just started playing The Witcher. Oh, um, for the first time? Yeah, so I watched yes. the show on Netflix, and then it went on sale, so I had to buy it, and yeah. now I'm just finally starting to play it. And uh, the way it tells the narrative is, it's so cool. Uh, yeah. I, I love it. Um, I've also been playing uh, Minecraft. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, the the new updates coming out. We've been updating our server with the the new snapshots and a lot of cool new stuff in that. Uh, and I'm also a slave to Overwatch for the last four years. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. Well, it was really great to talk with you, Eric. And I've just loved bumping into you at various conventions and seeing your face as a Minnesota native that you are. Uh, it's always good to have you back here. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, it's always great to get a chance to talk.
Thanks for listening to episode 133 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Eric Buckholz at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Uh. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc.